This is the Cherished You Podcast. I am your host, Rama. Hello. So um, I I really wasn't going to actually record this week. I'd kind of gone back and forth on it. Um, But what I decided to do instead is that I am going to release this little episode. It's kind of like a mini episode for me um, right before uh, Christmas just to give anyone who may need it a little bit of support around dealing with family around the holidays. Um, I know that can be rough. And then I will be back um, the second week in January um, after taking a little bit of a break for myself too. And uh, then we'll go back to um, not just the educational content. I've done the bulk of that so far that I that I wanted to get out. Um, I have some more coming up, but we're also going to have um, some more, I think, uh, at least for me, deeper conversations and um, connecting the dots kind of deal that I really do enjoy. And it uh, it'll it can give. Um, it can give you an insight into how I uh, coach clients, how I work through this stuff myself, and um, hopefully it will pro- it can provide you with um, support and resources that can help you kind of make headway in your own journey wherever you are in that. But uh, today, what I really wanted to just touch on, and it's real quick, I'm I'm going to expand on this at a later time, but I just. One, I felt like after all the self-care stuff that I had talked about, um, it was important to give it some context because self-care isn't, uh, it, it's not going to fix all your problems. There's still, um, you do actually have to go out in the world and relate to people, whether you like them or not, and, you know, deal with crap deal with shit like that's that's what you got to do um we're not uh, isolating ourselves we're not um hermiting ourselves here we live in a world where we have to relate to other people and the whole point of the self-care is to understand how how you relate to people and how people and how to deal with how people relate to you Um, but I know, like I mentioned before, the holidays are hard for a lot of people and, um, we all, whether you're in contact with your family or not, whether you, um, are having to spend time around a, um, an abusive person or a narcissist, um, or not, it's, it can be hard for any number of reasons. But in the context of maternal narcissistic abuse, if you are somebody who doesn't live with that person and then you go back during the holidays, for whatever length of time it is, um, I'm hoping that what we talk about today will kind of help you preserve your sanity and you don't feel like you backtracked on whatever progress you had made in your own healing around this. Um, I personally don't have, I'm like I've mentioned before, I'm not in contact with my nuclear family. Um, but this time of year is still hard for me because I think I, I'm kind of usually swamped with memories of the stuff that we, we used to do and how this time of year and how it used to, um, almost serve like uh, the rose-colored glasses that I would look at everything through. And then when that shattered, how much that um, still to this day kind of devastates me. Um, And the real big thing around that is a mother wound. 
Now, a mother wound is not is not the is not just the responsibility of the mother. Um, both parents, whether they're you know, regardless of gender, um, both parents exhibit qualities of a mother and a father. They're just you know they're two halves of a whole. Um, there's they're two. Um, they're just uh, they're they're two components that um, give us uh, give. Uh, give the support and the, and the love and the environment, the, um, mental, physical, and emotional environment that a child needs in order to grow up, to be happy, healthy, and functional, um, in society among other humans. So a mother wound, while a lot of the time, yes, it will come from the mother figure in your family. Um, it's also important to understand that the mother wound in a child can also come from the father, um, who, or whoever the father figure is. Again, this is not, uh, I'm not talking about gender here. I'm just talking about, um, relational roles and, the mother wound really, um, like if you think about what a mother does, like she feeds her kids, she um, houses her kids, she emotionally supports them, um, she pr- uh, provides boundaries of uh, what's okay and what's not okay. And these, again, are things that both parents should be doing, but most of the time, um, especially if, you know, most millennials anyway will probably grow up in a system where this all this kind of stuff fell on the mom, whereas more of the provider, th- um, actual cash flow and um, resources and money was provided by the father, whereas the father didn't really have a role in the uh, emotional, psychological health of a child. Um, this is just the way that patriarchy has worked out, but we're just going to talk about this as you know, two general concepts. And the mother wound is it really, it, there's a wound around feeling nurtured, feeling supported, and um, feeling encouraged. Like all of those emotional things that really allows you to kind of go into the world and be who you are and do what, what it is that you want to do as an expression of who you are. And a lot of that stuff kind of comes around when you, if you're someone, you know, when you come back to uh, to visit your family, and a lot of that stuff's going to get triggered again. You could be, I, and I, I remember this clearly for myself, like from college or med school, when I would go back and visit my family for this time of year, my sister's birthday is Christmas Eve. So Christmas, we didn't, you know, as a Muslim family, we didn't really celebrate Christmas, but we celebrated my sister's birthday. So there was always, there was always a celebration of some sort. And then, you know, then, which always meant that there was some sort of drama as well. And inevitably, I would think that I was doing well, and I would get back put in put back into that environment. And somehow I was reverted back to being seven years old, 11 years old Rama who just couldn't, um, who couldn't fend for herself and was completely dependent on her mother's acceptance and approval of her in order to be able to function. And over the course of the years of my life, of my adult life, um, it didn't matter whether I had done something that I was proud of 
I knew that somehow when I got in front of my mother, it was going to be destroyed. It was going to be invalidated. And I was going to have to pick up the pieces of myself and put them back together again because she just didn't have it in her to see me without feeling threatened. She just didn't have it. She doesn't have it in her to do that. Um, that doesn't even include the sibling rivalry that I grew up with and still experience in a, some sort of, you know, weird detached way now, um, or any of that, like all of this family crap comes up when you're around your family. And especially if it's a dysfunctional one, especially if it's one that has a foundation of abuse, it is absolutely normal to do all that, to, to, to feel all that, to experience all that again. And while I love boundaries in practice with everyone except my piece of family, um, that's because um, abuse doesn't really care about your boundaries. Um, abuse doesn't really give a crap about what work you've done. And it's the one thing I have learned is that when you go back into a family system where you're completely functional outside of it, and then you go back into it and you feel dysfunctional, that's what's supposed to happen. You're having a actual very normal response um, to the situation because um, you can't thrive in an environment that has no nutrients in it. It's just not possible. And the, you know, the nutrients of a, of a healthy family are love and support and, and, um, and a sense of togetherness and all of that, that doesn't exist in a dysfunctional family unit, especially one that's built on abuse. You're just not going to have that there. And so I would, I would walk in and be like the almost like the bullhorn of like, what the crap is going on? Because all I could see was everyone just kind of going around playing their part, trying to like make this play keep on going long enough so that nothing, like it's like, it, it was really like watching a really bad play where like one wrong move and the entire set's gonna fall on your head, the entire stage is gonna cave in and the build is gonna come falling down. But everyone's trying really, really hard not to see that, the thing that they're, the house that they're in is built on nothing. Like a strong wind will blow it down. Um, and everyone's pretending like it's not. And I never been able to tolerate that. And I haven't even less so as I've done more work on myself because the only one who benefits from ignoring the obvious is the, the person who's perpetrating the abuse. Like that is the only one who benefits from that. So I would go in like a bull in a china shop and be like, holy crap, what is everybody doing? Why is everybody okay with this? And they're all telling me to shut up and deal with it. And I'm like, I can't. I literally can't. My only other option was to just stay in my old bedroom and not talk to anyone. And that wasn't the reason that I was there. So it was it eventually became very apparent, um, which, and again, all of these, all of these, these things repeated enough 
to a show me that I my mother wound comes from both my parents and if that's the case for you I'm sorry I see you and there's nothing you can do about it other than just work on yourself but you cannot change them you cannot go into this being like if I have changed enough why can't you they are very invested in in seeing things the way that they see them in behaving in the way that they behave. Um, there is nothing you can do to undo that until they are ready. If they ever are, they are the only ones who can. But if it is not a safe place for you to be in, if you feel like going into those situations, which is eventually what happened to me, um, going into that situation repeatedly would just, it would just create another month of me having to work on myself and get myself back up when I was by myself out of that environment, eventually you have to make the choice as to whether or not you need to ever show up in that environment. And that is not a choice that I made lightly. That is not a choice I recommend to a lot of people. Most people are not in as dire a situation as I was. Um, But for the ones who are, I will tell you that not not being involved is so much easier than even being involved a little bit because in narcissistic abuse, there is no little bit. You either are or you aren't. It's a binary state. So it's not a real choice. Your boundaries are not going to be adhered to. So eventually you do have to be, you do have, you may have to make the choice of just being like, you know, the holidays, maybe I don't go, to see my my family that participates in life this way. Um, it's not, again, I'm gonna say this again, because it's not easy. It's not an easy choice to make. I know that the progression for me was, I kept trying, I kept trying until eventually I would just go. And then um, there were a couple of years where as, as soon as I showed up, my mom was like, oh, I guess you're just gonna go be in your room now. And that was, um, you know, you do that a couple of times and it's hard to live like that too, though, you know, who wants to like travel then not be able to do any of the things that you want to do, um, with the people you want to do them with because they're just not capable. So, um, if anyone's, hopefully this helps someone, I have no idea if it will or not, but it's, it's important to understand that your mother wound, the need to feel seen and validated and supported and loved and, um, and, and and kind of solidified in your existence is a very real need. And it's a very normal need to have. And if you feel like you can't get that, no matter how hard you work on yourself, no matter how hard you try with the other person, um, especially if it's a narcissistic parent, um, you have to understand that at some point, maybe it's time for you to build a family outside of the one you were born into. And I'm not saying that's easy work. I'm not saying that's an easy choice, but it is important to get the in, to look at the information as objectively as you can 
while also checking in with yourself and your body and recognizing what it is that you have to go through in order to be a part of the, of the charade. So anyway, that's my little, um, my little bits of advice, um, for the holiday season. And like I said, I, I hope it helps someone, um, and I will never um, recommend to make for to anyone to make the choices that I've made. It's just that I've noticed that for the people, especially like with the clients that I've gotten and with the people that I tend to work with, um, the people who tend to resonate with what I say, they've already made these choices before they ever got to me. Before they ever heard anything I said or read anything I'd written, they had already in some way, shape or form had already come to this conclusion that I can't, I have to sever here in order for me to thrive because the choice is either or, either I die with you or I live without you. And that may seem a little bit drastic, but it really is sometimes that, that drastic. Um, I hope everyone has a good holiday and a happy new year. And I will be back in, uh, in the second week of January. Um, I'll look forward to talking to you guys then. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Cherished You podcast. If you could please leave me a review, um, subscribe and share. It really helps get the podcast out to those who it will help the most.